Hello and welcome. I'm Alexander. And I'm Simon. We are still needed in tech, and this time we have celebrities with us. We have, <laughs> and we are yeah. recording live from Tech Day Sweden. Uh, how would you define? Well, <laughs> <laughs> we are always recording live, Simon. <laughs> we are. Keep I going. I think you just nailed the name of this episode: recording live. Anyhow, um, we have Jimmy and we have Jessica of Coding After Work fame. We can spend uh, half an hour explaining to our listeners who you are, or you can do it on your own. Maybe not 30 minutes, but hit it. Who are you, guys? Do you want to take it? No, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> My name is Jimmy, and uh, with, uh, with us we have Jessica as well. Hi. So Jessica and I are married, and um, we went on a kind of a journey and became uh, MVPs, Windows Development MVPs, after we got married, which is uh, kind of unheard of. Usually, usually people get um, get uh, the MVP title and then meet at an MVP summit and get married. Oh, I was uh, actually expecting first you get the MVP title, then you get divorced. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or you get the MVP titles, then you get the date. Oh, so. Hmm, interesting. I'll keep that in mind. Please do <laughs> go on. <laughs> uh, we, we run a company together called Awesome Dev, which uh, focus on future technologies like mm. uh, HoloLens, bots. We uh, focus a lot of, on UI and UX because we think uh, that that is a really important thing that m most people just forget. So, well, that, that's kind of us. Yeah. And I, I need to pick that up. James Whittaker said at the keynote today that uh, UX and UI is dead. No, he said UX, UI oh, is dead. Yeah. UX is most certainly not. Nope, you're right. It will become even more important because we will have all the chatbots and we will have um, voice yep. bots or whatever you call them, personal assistants. And it's really, really important that you don't say, hey, how can I help you? Because I if you're like a shopping bot where you can order shoes or whatever, because then I will think that you can actually book movie tickets yep. through this bot because you said... You can help me with anything, right? So uh, UX will become even more important. Yay yeah. me. <laughs> no, I mean yay me UX. <laughs> well, that, that's a very good point. Um, just to clarify, Jamie, you're uh, an MVP on dev. Yep, Windows and development. Jessica, you're an MVP on? Windows development. Deve dev, <laughs> but focusing primarily on user interface and user, user experience. experience. Yeah. Which is a very interesting combination to it's have under the same roof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is. It's and very practical. And, and Jimmy, he started off uh, when, when we started working together on projects and stuff. Uh, I, I remember this one app. I don't remember which, which, is wha which, is wha which it was. But he came to me and, and I mean, he has seen, seen all my UI and design and UX uh, talks so he picks things up but he came to me and he's like i'm done i'm done i can publish now look at this it's so nice and he had like 11 different colors <laughs> and they were nothing were aligned and i'm like yeah no you're not it's a unicorn app uh, no rainbow unicorn i i like unicorns i like rainbows i didn't like that no. but he's actually really good now he almost doesn't even need me oh, oh. dear <laughs> <laughs> That's unfortunate. No, that's a lie. I find myself sometimes doing a talk on UI and UX, mostly together with Jessica, mm -hmm. but uh, I ju just think, how did I get to this point? 
I'm a developer. Why am I talking about UI and UX? I know <laughs> why. Because you have always said that being a developer, you can remove pain points for users. And user experience is the same thing. You remove pain points. That's true. I was actually just about to ask you, um, considering, y ask any IT pro what they hate. And they usually say documentation. And the devs I've talked to answer for the same question, UI. <laughs> yeah, e either yeah. UI or users. Yes, or mm. any combination. Or of IT above. pros. Or yeah. IT pros, pretty much <laughs> people. <laughs> Let's just, <laughs> they hate people. But uh, for me, as I'm not a dev, the UI experience and the actually the ability to interact with whatever I'm creating is very important. Yeah. Why would you guys say it is so uncommon for devs to be interested in the actual user experience. I think developers are functional. N functional. They want stuff to work. They yes. don't. They don't put any effort into actually making it uh, look good. I think uh, one of the most common problems with developers are that they forget who they're working for. Yeah. Mm. They're working for the people that work on the comp uh, at the company or their customers. Yep. They forget about removing, as Jessica was uh, was talking about, removing pain points for those users. So we, we have a friend uh, that usually um, he says, um, "I fight for the users," mm -hmm. and that that. And he's a developer. Yeah, and that should be the slogan for all developers. But I think there's another aspect to it as well, because uh, I mean, developers work with logic. I mean, it's, it's either this or that. Mm -hmm. But when a designer comes in, it's like, can you design this? I want it to feel like a summer wind. Like, how do I code a summer <laughs> wind? There's no, no intelligence for, for a summer wind or, or summer breeze or whatever. But there are a few really good systems that is especially good for, for developers. I, at least I say that. It is good for everybody. But it's called Tenets and Traps, one of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good because it's basically logic. If you have this problem, fix this and it will be better. And you can use it in the beginning or in the planning stage. And you can use it through all the developing stage, through every iterations. And you can use it as a s in the test phase. And that's, that's a really strong a strong point to actually use this system because you can have it while you are developing. Mm. And now there's even a deck of cards. And it's not, it's, I mean, it's, it's not like a hundred cards or anything, but you can sit by your computer and you code and you can just pick one up and like, oh yeah, I need to, I mean, I need to make sure they can actually reach this button if they're on the phone and have a baby in an arm or the yep. coffee in their arm. And, and you have a really right. great episode of your podcast explaining that deck and those Thank you. Ideas. And uh, I'm not a developer at all. Uh, the only developing skills I have is Pascal from high school, basically. <laughs> and I was really inspired by that episode because w we should really be using that as well. We should. And I'll, I'll make two points here. The first one is that you said, uh, Jimmy, that devs are logical generally and, and they focus on the, the, um, the function. Mm -hmm. How is it that you don't see the usability as one of the functions of the application. 
Well, I do. Of, of course you do. <laughs> now, <laughs> uh, I don't know why th why that is. I think uh, I think developers, um, most developers, has uh, some kind of um, they want to deliver. Mm. So as soon as it works, they're gonna deliver. Yep. Okay, so pretty much build it, ship it. Yeah. And I, th yeah. I think it's important to understand the difference between usable and functional. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because a lot of UIs can be functional but not usable, not mm. user-friendly. Or useless. Or useless, yes. But everything may be there, but as you said, you should be able to use it in the exact scenario where you are. Yeah, and it some of the books on design and, and even user experience is a little bit hard to comprehend because it's, it's a lot of uh, thoughts and, and theories and, and it's not... It's like a broader topic, and I think that might be what's difficult for for developers because it's not do this or that or or look at this. It, it's not like a bullet list. It's more fluffy. Yep, a lot fluffy. I actually right. have a talk. No uh, a no fluff approach to uh, a good UI. I've I've, <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> That's good. And the second point that I'd, I'd like to point out here is. You bring out the the idea that uh, you should fight for the user, mm. and that's incidentally something that Simon and I have been pretty much talking about w with the IT pro world since we came into Atea. That IT is not something on its own. IT is always some kind of supporting structure for the business, whatever the business may be. And people tend to forget that. No, the most important thing in my life is my storage cabinet. <laughs> really. Well, have you heard about this life thing or <laughs> a hobby or whatever? I, I, I think it's pretty sad that you focus on the technology. Of course, technology is fun, but there has to be a point to the damn thing. Yeah, and that we have discussed it previously with our colleagues at Atea now yes. that are only focused on really bringing technology to the users in a way they understand and make them want to use technology. Yeah, without the end user, you have no users. Nope, and no point. No point. Yeah, exactly. But, but yeah. I also think that there is, um, y you need to th see the both sides of this story. I mean, uh, f in, in the case of a developer project, I can deliver, I can do, I can be productive as hell, but the code looks like crap. Mm. So there is a balance between good code and de deliverance, of yeah. deliver to deliver something. Um, I I can work on a on a particular thing for how long? I mean, weeks. It's, it's never done. Uh, it's never done exactly, and um, so there's always a balance between how good does the code have to be and how g how good does the feature or or how does yep. good does the UI look and the and UI and UX never ever or testing actually uh, like like unit tests and stuff like that that is never a business problem or, or a business the business is not going to say yeah we need a unit test that's, that's a very good us. point yep. same thing with with the UI and UX if it works, then then that's fine. And often the users are actually uh, making the um, the the user stories, and the user don't know what the technology actually can do. Exactly, we know that. Yeah. 
And most developers just take the user story, develop it, and as I said, well, we're we done, we're going to deploy this, let's ship it. Yep. They never say, wait, 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 there's a better way to do this. I can do it like this, I can use AI, I can use something else. And in most cases, why do you even do this? So I have a, I have a funny story. Uh, a, um, a couple of users I worked with, they had a morning routine. Every morning, 9 o'clock, they opened the application, they looked at the application, and they printed the, the, the screen. So they went to the, the printer, took the paper, back to the workstation, and they, they compare what they had on the paper and what they had on the screen every morning. For years. For years. So we went, why, why are you doing this? Because this function is taking whatever is on the screen and prints it. So is, is this ever wrong? No, 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 it I, it's always right. Yeah, because it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. And the really scary part, when, when, we, we, when we try to explain that you shouldn't do this because this test makes no sense. So they went back, they thought about this, and, and they came back to us and said, yeah, we're going to continue to do this because this routine has always worked. It's a really good routine. How's it now? <laughs> <laughs> They're so still doing it. Wh why do they do it? What's the reason? Because it's in, in, uh, it's in the morning routine. So someone some started it at some point. Yep. Yeah, and they yep. didn't understand that it's the exact same thing. This is the way that wars <laughs> gets continued. <laughs> <laughs> we have no idea why we're killing each other, but yeah. we've been doing it for ages. So yeah. We're we might good as well at it now. Yes, we might as well keep doing it. But you have a really good example as well. Yeah, I do. Uh, because like you said, the business uh, very seldom want to put in money on uh, UX and stuff like that. And especially not in internal systems, like the systems we work in all day or, or frequently at least. So I consult and sometimes I have to, uh, I have to do my time report in uh, the consultant's uh, time report system. So this one particular company, I go into their uh, page, I uh, log in and I press go directly to time report. And it takes me to a new page where I have to log in. And it takes me to a third page, which has a completely different design, completely different color. Everything is completely different. And I press again, time report. And it takes me to a <laughs> fourth page where I have to log in, but this time I have to omit two of the letters in my um, login. And finally, on the fifth page, I get to the time report, which has issues as well, but that's not the point. The point is that this actually takes about 16, 17 seconds, and it should take about one, let's say two, because it's easier to count. That's 15 seconds every time I go into the system. If I have to do this once a day, that's five minutes per month. Still doesn't sound that much, does it? It's like a bathroom break or something. But if you're a medium-sized company, like 200 employees, and you have this system you go into three times per day, or you have three systems you need to log into every day, and you don't put in the effort or, or the UX on these systems, that is actually 600 hours per year, 
600 hours times whatever you're making, all of a sudden it's not about my user experience, it's about the company do don't realizing they are actually losing a lot of money. You could be watching 200 Lord of the Rings movies in that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and since there are hobbits in those that movie... You would need toilet breaks. You're going to need toilet <laughs> breaks. <laughs> and there's an app for that. <laughs> there <laughs> is. And if, if you don't have a clue about what we're talking about now... Listen to Mr. Whitaker. Yeah. The keynote from day two at Tech Days. And you'll understand much more and probably get a new meaning in your life. And, <laughs> and the app, app is called Run P. Run P. And <laughs> it's actually also a Windows app. <laughs> which it's on Windows as well. Which in its own is extraordinary. That Windows actually has apps? I guess it's a Windows phone app. Oh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of something else, you guys, you all three of you, have had uh, speaker slots here at TechDiz this year. Uh, Simon, you did uh, on Windows as a service. Yep. And... You guys had, you you were talking about something else this year. We were. Yes. So could you just take us through what you were talking about? We were talking about letting the future tech or the modern tech or upcoming tech, whatever you want to call it, uh, to your business to make your business thrive. So we were talking about uh, AI, uh, machine learning, uh, bots, and both chatbots and and uh, Voice control bots, uh, VR, AR, um, the cloud, the cloud, oh, the stuff cloud. like that. Yeah. So do you devs talk about that as well? We do. I've heard about it. The cloud, the cloud. Oh. So basically, why we devs talk about uh, the cloud is because the IT pros never can deliver machines to us. So <laughs> if we could just have it's a have good <laughs> <point>. <laughs> I was about to rash out to <laughs> you. <and laughs> everything is your fault, but you are right. Yeah. <laughs> I stand corrected. Move <laughs> on. So, so you basically managed a full bingo board with every hype there is. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, tough. We had about. When, when we shortened it down uh, just before we did a dry run before uh, this uh, session, we were down to 72 minutes. We had oh. a 60 minute slot, so. Oh. Yeah. And how much time for questions? Uh, none. We had none, but oh. there was a 30 minute break afterwards, so oh. we were available. Did you get any questions afterwards? Mm. Were no, we were, we were that uh, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very well played. <laughs> <now. laughs> There you go. <laughs> yeah. And, and Simon, you did your Windows as a service. Yep. And it pretty much turned you into a, a rock star. <laughs> but he is a rock star. Oh, he is. But I'm so sorry I missed that. I'm, and I'm the reason I missed it is because it was during our yeah. talk as well. Uh, I'm a rock star in the same way as the TV rock stars throw out of the window as a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Windows as a service uh, had a good turnout. Lots of questions afterwards. Mm. And people are starting to realize that it it's not hard, it's challenging, and you can't do anything other than jump on the train. You need to be on Windows as a service if you want to run Windows. It's, it's pretty much a slam dunk. Yeah. Just do it. And, and there are so many benefits of it mm. that we need to be better in communicating and yep. also communicating how to manage it. Because you, you need to think about the user in that way as well. Why? What do how do you make the user want a new Windows version? And how can we deliver it in a user-friendly way? So that's basically what I'll be doing 
upcoming months now working on tools, scripts, and so on to improve the user experience of Windows as, as a service. So Very you're fighting for the user as well. I am. <laughs> and uh, I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It's more difficult to find IT pros that fight for the user than it is to find devs. Or uh, is it the other way around, in your opinion? Well, we're devs, so... I, th I think <laughs> it's I IT in general. Well because, I because IT has... Previously, IT was something that you needed to have to make things work. You were depending on IT. Yeah. Now you aren't in the same way. You are, of course, dependent on IT, but not your IT. Well, if... if if we look forward, yeah. give it a couple of years, I can agree with that. But today I see a lot of IT organizations fighting for their own survival with yeah, th teeth that's, and that's my nails. Point. They, they try to stay put in whatever they are used to yeah. and definitely not getting on the train. Uh, on the other hand, they're going to be run over, which <laughs> is usually a bad sign. Yeah, if, if you have the... the Choice: Jump on the train or get or jump jump in front, of the, in front of the train. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does have some some consequences. No, um, in, in the future, I, I definitely agree that IT is uh, an enabler, but IT won't necessarily have to be the guys in in no. your basement. We, we, we need to inspire. IT. No, yeah. it will be a machine. A machine. Well, like Skynet, but nice. That's why I'm so nice to all my robots. <laughs> I actually was uh, called out in one of my talks. I do a talk about uh, speech designing for speech UIs. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the guys, I had this example up on the screen, how I ordered a pizza and I said, thank you and please and stuff like that. And he, he called me out like, are you really this nice to your bots? I'm <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> they're going to kill me last. <laughs> Which is a very good point. Yeah, be it's nice about to your robots. Yeah. Respect your droids. Exactly. <laughs> But but do you guys think that the cloud and stuff like that is actually going to kill IT pros? No. Or oh, wait, what? <laughs> 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 no. Uh, I'll answer your question in two ways. The first, the literal. No, the cloud is not going to kill anyone. <laughs> that that was a bit unnecessary to point out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but since Jimmy is Mr. Pan Friday. <laughs> Yes. yes. No, um, killing the IT pro. No, uh, and it's it's pretty interesting. You actually say ask the question. Um, I read a blog post the other day. <laughs> we always, as as a DBA that I come from, I always every year I hear the same thing that, oh, you don't need to be a DBA anymore. You have uh, automatic tuning. This you have this is automatic. Whatever is automatic, you can just go home. And fancy that I've been doing this for twenty years. And I'm still around. So, no. Will it change uh, the day-to-day -day work for the IT pro? Oh, most definitely. Mm. Yeah. Everyone's going to experience change. And to quote uh, another slogan, the only constant is change, which is a very, it's a good slogan, but I don't like it. Uh, stuff's going to happen and don't get mired in the old ways. Y you, yeah. need, you need to change your skill set. Sure. And, and that's what's one of my points yesterday because the talk was towards IT pros. You need to change the way you do your work and you need to change your skill set. As Brad Anderson told me at Ignite. Which is a very good point. And I'm, I'm pretty sure that people react 
less good to the world you need to change something. Mm -hmm. If you just touch on the semantics and say you need to update the way you do things, adjust the way you do things. Uh, everything you know, it's not obsolete overnight. No. Quite the opposite. You need all your skills, you need all your experience to take the next step. But don't stop walking. Yeah. Always put one foot ahead of the other. That's another Hobbit reference. <laughs> 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 so one of the things we talk about in our talk here at Tech Days was that you can use AI to um to um what's the word i used free, free human intelligence yeah free the free the intelligence yeah oh uh, so it basically use ai's to do what machine do best mm. and let humans do what they do yep. best and just as james whitaker talked about uh, um the imagination of humans uh, that that's something that machines can't do at least not yet so we should use that um that skill set instead of i mean humans cannot use they they they're not built to do uh, excel stuff for example just uh, a lot of data and stuff like that i love that let, let machines do that no you love excel i love excel that's what he's working with according to me so you're basically <laughs> excelling at and, that. and he is alexander oh I'm sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. Th this is what happens when Jimmy ever gets a hold of a microphone. Oh, <laughs> word. <laughs> he did. He did. Oh, he yeah. Did. Okay. And he, he has the He powerpointed me. <laughs> he powerpointed <laughs> yes. And, but he didn't say step into my office, so that's something. Word. So if, if you follow me on Twitter, you will have access to all these <laughs> kinds of puns. <laughs> Without cost. And you it's say a monthly you subscription. You say this as it as uh, if it was a good thing. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah. Anyhow. And you, you, you did the. You have access to. That. Mm -hmm. That. Yeah. Yeah. It was intentional. Yeah. We are swaying a bit. <laughs> oh please! I don't like the outlook. Let's of get this. back in tune. <laughs> I have a ton of editing to do. <laughs> but I'm sorry, all the listeners. <laughs> the window is closed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but this is a server situation. Oh wait! It is. Not no, Friday, not, no, no it isn't, no. no. But coming back to the whole um, AI uh, part, and with um, my side of the fence, the data side, we've spent years collecting data. And not necessarily everyone has a clue what they're going to do with that data. So entered data science, which is pretty interesting. I mean, uh, data scientists, they usually use R and statistics to to handle huge um, data sets. And I have a friend of mine, she is a mathematician and a biologist, hideously smart. She is doing her dissertation on uh, functional MRI scanning and mathematical modeling of biological systems. She knows statistics inside and out. And I came to her, I think it was two years ago, and said, I found this cool stuff. It's called R. She just looked at me and said, okay. Yeah, I know. It's it's statistics, and you can do these fun, interesting stuff with, with data. Oh, can you now, she said. It turns out that she has a data set a hundred times bigger than whatever I've ever worked with. And they've been doing this for ages on the science side. Then someone actually realizes we can connect these. So the data science guys talk to the, the um, stat statisticians and then mathematics people, 
and then you add data, interesting stuff happens. And going from the data stuff, the the data day just putting data in to analysis and using machine learning and, and AI and stuff, that's probably what's going to happen to my um, my guys, whatever um, tech guys. We used to do this. We're going towards the analysis side. So having AI and having bots, listening to, to James Whitaker, bots, that was the first time that I've ever heard of a useful use case for a bot. What do you guys think about bots? I mean, you do those. I, I think it will actually replace apps yeah. more and more because it's it's uh, much more easy to, it's easier <laughs> than actually going to a store and, and download it. and. Um, you can use uh, voice recognition, and uh, we control all of our home in in voice. And I am clueless. I, I should say this is a fairly new house, so we we recently moved in. But I am clueless to where what switch goes to what lights. I cannot turn on the lights without Alexa or Google Home. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I am. Um I had that idea a couple of years ago, and then I set up a uh, system with uh, pretty much the same thing. When I when I push a button here, or something happens there. Then my wife came, <laughs> and she said, "That's interesting. Take it away." <laughs> I've had the exact same experience. We don't have that a problem at home. Fancy that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we've been actually talking to our home on and off for seventeen years. Uh, granted, today we have a fail rate of 5.1%, and back then it was like 75%. But we could talk to our home. We had ugly microphones hanging from the ceiling, and, and we bought really expensive stuff from the UK because you couldn't go into the nearest tech store and, and buy a bunch of them for really cheap. So, yeah, we've been around for a while. Um, I'll just throw in a, a final question security and IOT. Much more stuff gets put on the Internet of Things and while at first glance it might not matter if someone takes control of your toaster or whatever. Bathtub. <laughs> bathtub when it comes to James Whitaker and he's probably gonna boil his kids. <laughs> but what do you see there? I mean data is a new currency and data about information about people is going to be a new currency. And of course, uh, ransom and there are several other ways to, to exploit this information. What, what is your view on, on IoT and security? So I had the same uh, thought as you did. I mean, what, what does it matter if someone turns on my lights? Mm -hmm. that, that's not a problem. But then I read, uh, we actually have a, um, a, uh, a kettle. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wi-Fi controlled kettle mm -hmm. and then I read that the security hole in that one would actually uh, give the hacker the um, Wi-Fi password yeah. oh dear and suddenly we have some real problems yes because then they can can access my computers at home yep. then again oh, all right they they get some kind of vacation pictures and stuff like that but I can remote my job from there mm. And, and, well, the ball gets rolling. Yep. 
so I think that that uh, you should be really careful with uh, whatever you put in your home. You should uh, make sure that you have the latest patches and, and stuff like that. Uh, I think uh, we usually buy the stuff that comes from big manufacturers. Right. Uh, so it feels a little bit safer at least. Mm -hmm. It's but probably a full security. Yeah, of course, of course. But you should should stay updated, check blogs and stuff like that, so so you don't. And regardless what thing you connect, regardless of it yeah. being a lamp, a kettle, whatever. Or your washing machine, or your whatever. washing machine. Yeah. You should still think about security yeah. and securing your network and your things. So what you're basically saying is, and I've heard this echoed at several places, that security really shouldn't be a technology issue no. it is a mindset yeah yeah and people today aren't there yet but they're going to have to yeah. be when it comes to iot mm -hmm. that's an interesting i actually stuff. have a story sure <laughs> go ahead <laughs> about jimmy oh. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> i'm gonna hear this and security in iot so back what in the I day <laughs> <laughs> back in the day he connected uh, when we bought this oh really okay, expensive stuff. Story. Yeah, that story. I'm I'm going there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, our apartment was super small, seventy no, 37, 37 square <laughs> <Yes>. meters. <laughs> super small, <laughs> seventy square <laughs> meters. Like no, what? I just came back from Japan. Our, our <laughs> okay, we had a huge villa. Yes, <laughs> thirty-seven <laughs> square meters. So basically, if we extended our arms, we could touch the walls on mm. each side so people didn't understand what we pay I, I think it was like 1500 Swedish kroners for one outlet to control one unit yep. but we had several because IOT mm. and Jimmy also got the brilliant idea of putting it on the web because nobody oh. was on internet back then and he did except your plugs Except our plugs okay. and a few friends. Mm. Do you plugs or <laughs> friends of yours? Both. Okay. Our plugs are our friends. All right. I told you, we're being nice to our technology, yes. so they kill us last. Yeah. Simon is laughing. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Well, so he put this on the internet, and he had a um, map of his uh, home and where the light sources were, and you can flick them on and off. And right. his friend got this as well. And he also got the brilliant idea of having a webcam in the living room, meaning all our apartment, except the hallway. So one day he come home, comes home from, from his job, and he's like, oh, I'm so tired. And he, he wanted to slip into something more comfortable. So he started pulling his pants down, and the lights turned on. And he's like, I'm backing out from the living room now. <laughs> Jumping away with my pants down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so in his undies. Where is this film? <laughs> <laughs> I think actually it's one of the Indonesian guys have it or something. <laughs> Thus it's on YouTube. Probably. Good. I haven't found it but YouTube um, were, were not a thing back then. <laughs> I'm we're that old. I think it is a very good thing that YouTube were not a thing <laughs> when we were kids. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave it at that. But he has Batman undies and, and Spider-Man undies and stuff like that. Oh, I'm just outing you now. So this is the new episode name, <laughs> Jimmy's Undies. <laughs> <laughs> I think that just might be the case, actually. And 
This is the second episode in a row, I guess, then, where I don't get to say the name. Well, you did do a fairly good job at the very beginning. Yeah. I, recording I, yeah. live. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then we talk a lot about the users. Yes. Just saying. There you go. Interesting. And yeah. And on that bombshell, it is definitely time to end. Thank you very much for Thank you. coming up. Thank you. Thank you for having us. And uh, until next time, see you then. Bye. Bye.